Okay. Yep, it changed. All right, so we are continuing in on Genesis chapter 1, and we're looking at the rulers below today. Uh, last week we uh, talked about rulers above. We did that for, la- for two weeks, didn't we? And we'll, we'll spend at least two weeks on the rulers uh, below. But let's, let's, let's orient, orient ourselves in Genesis chapter uh, 1, because remember, that's where we're focused on. We're going to go a lot of other places, but we always want to be make sure we're focused on Genesis chapter 1, because that's where we're at. Um, so Genesis chapter 1, uh, 26 through 28. Then God said, let us make man in our image according to, the, to our likeness. And they will rule over the fish of the sea, the birds of the sky, the livestock, the whole earth, the creatures that crawl on the earth. So God created man in his image, and he created him in the image of God. He created them, male and female. God blessed them. God said to them, be, careful, be fruitful, multiply it. Fill the earth, subdue it, rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the sky and every creature that crawls on the earth. Um, yeah. So mankind, our rule... Sorry, I, I didn't keep up with my slides. Um, there, there, it's all on one slide. Um, what you're seeing here is actually a display... Um, it's color cording uh, that uh, indicates the pairing relationships of similar uh, attributes between the, you know in the days um, in just these these verses. And you zoom here, you see the relationship of pairings of the different verses. Um, so yeah, so um, We've gone through just about every part of the cosmos, um, but here in these uh, short three poems, we've, we see uh, the fish of the sea, the bird of the sky, so in all the other areas, the heavens, the seas, man is ruling over these, these things. It's, um, now, rule, that's an interesting word, don't you think? Um, when we think of rule, a lot of times we think of like tyrant or to misuse or do whatever we feel like it with it. But that's not really what they're talking about here. What do you think I think the rule means to rule over? To manage, protect. That's right. We got to use God as our image of what it means to rule over. And it's not just do whatever you feel like doing, you know, just, you know, destruction. We've used that in the past. People have used, well, we're, our job is to rule over, to subdue the wilderness. And so we've destroyed things in the name of God. We've, I mean, that's just, we've mis- we misuse scriptures all the time in our history. That's, uh, of course, anytime there's a position of power, people are going to seek it to misuse it, right? Um, and so, but uh, yeah, to, to, to rule over, to protect it, to manage it, to, to oversee it, to, um, to love it. If God is love and he's given us that, then we are to love it. Um, yeah, so... Um, So 
So yeah, so we see here, we said God said, let, them make, uh, let us make man in our image. We talked about some of what uh, let us means, but not only do we have a Trinitarian talk there, but we also have this uh, holy council uh, going, assembly going on there too. And it's, let us make a, a man in our own image. Uh, he has two different speeches there, right? Uh, he says, uh, he, he says, let us make man in our image, and they're going to do this, and then he creates them. And then the second speech, God says, be fruitful and multiply uh, in, in that area. So be fruitful. Uh, so we have like this three-part movement that uh, is sandwiched, you know, with two speeches of God. Um, but these rulers of below are, are, are special. They're, they, they stand out among the other things that God has created. Um, it's, um, so... Um, yeah, so uh, to rule over the, 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 everything else that's been created here. Um, uh, so God creates human in his image. Um, uh, we'll talk about image here in a minute. Um, I think we'll get to it today. Maybe not. But we'll, 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 um, we'll get there. Um, let's start with the word human. Uh, the word he, human here, uh, some of your translations may say man or mankind. The word there is actually Adam. Adam. Um, Adam, Adam, where we get the name Adam from. Um, you know, that, you know, so Adam. Uh, Adam here has not become a proper name yet. It's not like I created Adam. It's, it's I created, and we know it's not I created Adam because there's more than one of them. You know, there's male and female. Uh, and we'll talk about some tradition that comes up out of that in a few minutes. But, uh, uh, but, um, but the word here can mean man. And it does what man does. It can refer to a specific man. Or all of mankind, uh, or it can refer to just the male humans. So it can refer. So just like in in English, Adam can mean lots of different things depending on the context. So people argue about what this means, but we know it's not just males. Why do we know it's not just males? Well, Eve is in the next book, but we do know that. But also look in this passage right here. He created them, male and female. So we know it's not just males. <laughs> There's two of them there, at least. So uh, he created them. Um, so we've got that. Um, so we know it's not just, so we know it's he, what we'd call humankind, mankind. Uh, God is creating humans, the species in this first line. Um, so... Um, And uh, we see this kind of repetition. Uh, you, this another example of Hebrew poetry that's beautiful. That uh, you know, um, that is throughout the Bible. This kind of Hebrew poetry, as we see, uh, let us make humans in our image according to our likeness. And God created humans in His image and created him. Um, 
So here's a good question. As the species, one or many? It's a, it's a fun little way. Of the, think about it. It says, and it says, God created human in his image. That's a singular. singular. It's singular. It's in the singular. And then he says, in his image, he created him, singular. Male and female, he created them, plural. <laughs> It's, 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 it's really kind of the, um, the, this, uh, this Hebrew poetry is doing something about like looking at it from multiple angles and, uh, playing with this imagery, um, that, uh, and I, I think it's, it's kind of trying to unpack what it means to be the image of God. You know, it's, it's something that, um. You know, one of the key aspects of being the image of God is 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 it's not just one; it's multiple. And uh, and 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 through repetition and the pairing lines, uh, there's that connection of of being fruitful and multiplying. And, and and remember, we're talking a lot of metaphysics here. Um, this this creature that is one and simultaneously more than one is a key part of what it means to be human. I mean, think about that passage that comes up later on uh, in Genesis chapter two, right? Uh, man, is, for this reason, man is going to leave his father and his mother and join his wife, and the two become one. Um, there's this 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 creature that is one and more than one. Um, that is, um, that, that, that's this kind of ideal, um, this idea that is, is going to be played with off and on throughout the scriptures. We're going to see this kind of one, more than one kind of idea come up here. Um, and so, um, so they are the image of God. Um, and especially the joining together of the male and female seems to be important in the image of God. So you can't just say, well, man is made in the image of God. You can't just say female is made in the image of God. You have to say they are the image of God. Um, and, and they were, um, they're one humanity, a collective both sides of, of the image of God. And, um, and, and apologies. Let's see if I can get it turned off. There we go. All right. Um, so, uh, so yeah, so, um, so that's also let us make, when he says let us make man in the image of God, we've got this, this one who's more than one. The very essence of God is one. And so we're getting to that Trinitarian speech. The Trinity, remember the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, multiple form, multiple parts, but separate, um, you know. 
uh, how, you know, in a way that we have trouble understanding, right? If no man can really truly understand how one God can be both the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and all one at the same time, because we can't do that. We can be multiple aspects of ourselves, right? You know, you can be mother and sister and, and, and daughter all at the same time, but you can't physically split yourself into three parts and, uh, and, be the, and do that. So we can't really understand how that works, um, but, um, but God can. And so not only do we have when he says, let us, not, so, so we have this, this courtroom imagery, but we also have God in his Trinitarian speech making God, us male and female, one and many. Um, that's that's kind of crazy. Uh, <laughs> um, but it's, um, so yeah, um, um, so yeah, so it's part of the, the key to be in the image of God. Now, before we talk about the image of God, I want to talk about something that happened in, um, that so, some of you will be seeing as you study, you're going to see a, an idea that happened that came about in the Middle Ages in Jewish thought. And so it started coming out and it became very popular and still in many books and stuff you read today. And that is the idea of Lilith. How many of you guys have heard of the word Lilith before? Yeah, you heard Lilith before? Uh, this image here was in the 1930s. It was identified uh, as Lilith. Now, we, uh, today we, we, we have, we've learned that that's probably not Lilith. That's Inuana. The Sumerian or Ishtar, the Akkadian deity. But both of those characters have been linked with uh, Lilith. Um, and here, this, this woman wears a horn, crowned horns. Um, let me get my marker out here. Let's see. Am I writing it? Nope. There we go. I'm starting to mark. Um, not very well, though. It's not letting me work. <clears throat> oh, well. There's something. There we go. All right, so see the horns here on her head? This is a symbol of deityness. Um that uh, a lot of the ancient Mesopotamian Canaanite gods, um, when we think of horns, we often think of like things poking out like dinosaurs or something like that. And, um, and it's used in a lot of our imagery and artwork, but in the ancient, they're all like this. This is the horns that, that represent their deityness. And, their, and the more horns they have on their head, the more powerful they are. Um, gods, or especially demonist gods, often have these too. Uh, not real feet, they're like talons, uh, bird feet. Um, so uh, she's flanked by owls, um, which is associated with Lilith, and stands on the back of two, uh, two lions, the symbol of Inyana, 
Um, according to Mesopotamian myth, Demoness Lilith, or Lilithu, uh, flew at night to seduce men. See, this is, Lilith is actually an ancient uh, Akkadian deity, uh, demon, ancient Mesopotamian deity or demon. And she would fly around at night seducing men and killing pregnant women and their babies. It very well may have been uh, the way they explain like sudden infant death syndrome uh, that Lilith came during the night. Um, but this, uh, and she is in the Bible. Um, interesting enough, you probably say, well, I don't remember reading the name Lilith. It's because our translations don't use the word Lilith. Uh, in the desert, creatures will uh, meet hyenas and wild goats and call to one another. This is Isaiah 34, 14. Indeed, the night birds. Is that word right there? And the night birds will stay there in the resting place. Um, that night birds, um, some other versions have night hags. Uh, or screech owls, I think is what it says in the King James Version. Uh, that's the word Lilith. Uh, as you're reading it in Hebrew, that's the word Lilith. Um, and it's a, 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 a demon's, it, it leads to a demon's night flight in search of prey. Um, the image here is, is called the Great Mother. Um, well, no, she's just called the Great Mother. <laughs> um, see, there's a long tradition behind her that she, she's looking for children. Um, Lilith, however, um, as she was originally Mesopotamian, as they worked their way into, uh, you know, there's, there's something we call syncretism. Remember what that word means? We've talked about that word before. What's syncretism mean? Yeah, that's right. To sync up, to join together. And so as they moved into the areas of the, um, the Mesopotamians and they lived there, even... Abraham is from this area where they would have worshipped these deities. He would have been very familiar with this. It works its way into uh, Jewish thought. Um, and the idea is that when God created Adam, his first wife was Lilith, not Eve. This is extra biblical, meaning it's not in the Bible. I want to make that clear. But as you're doing study, some of you might come across this idea of Lilith. So I want to talk about what she is so that you're not like, I don't understand. And I don't, you know. um, it, uh, this, this tradition doesn't fully happen in the ancient Near East, what we call the time of the Bible. It really takes place in the Middle Ages, much after Christ's birth is when it really takes root in Jewish literature. Uh, I know some of you are already familiar with some of the stories of Lilith. Um, the, her origins in Babylonian deity, but she's also, we often find her in the Hittites, the Egyptians, Israelites and Greek mythology have this character. So she's very wide known. Uh, Michelangelo um, 
portrays Lilith as a half-woman, half-serpent coiled around the tree of knowledge. Um, that's l- his portrayal of Lilith, not just the serpent. That's his portrayal of Lilith. Um, the um, Irish novelist James Joyce, I don't know if any of you guys have read her. Um, if Gary is here, he said, oh yeah, I've read her. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, but uh, she cast her as the patron of abortions. Um, like the patron, we have the patron god, the patron angel. She's the patron of abortions, according to James Joyce, which is, she's a fairly re- new author. Uh, some say that C.S. Lewis, you guys know who C.S. Lewis is? Yeah, like C.S. Lewis. You ever guys read the, the Chronicles of Narnia? Remember the White Witch? White Witch may have been cast in the image of Lilith in C.S. Lewis' mind. Um... Modern feminism celebrates her struggle from independence from, a- a- from Adam. Her name appears as the title of Jewish women's magazine from a national literacy program. There's an annual music festival that donates its profits to battered women's shelter and breast cancers uh, called the Lilith Fair. So like the image of Lilith has not gone away. Um, the uh, ancient name Lilith actually derives from Sumerian word, uh, which is an ancient culture, uh, that uh, it's a word for uh, wind spirits or female de- demons, uh, Lilithu. Um, uh, uh, Lilithu dwells in the desert lands and open country spices and is especially danger to pregnant women and infants. Her breasts are filled with poison, uh, not milk, and Adat uh, uh, Lily is uh, sexually frustrated and uh, infertile, and so she behaves aggressively towards young men and pregnant women, according to the stories. Uh, the earliest surviving mention of Lilith's name appears in Gilgamesh and the Halupu tree, which is about uh, comes from the t- about. 4,000 years ago, about 2,000 B.C. is when we have the, is when that poem came about. Um, so she's been around for a very long time. In Qumran, where we get the Qumran uh, scrolls, and we've talked about those before. Uh, if you have not looked at the Qumran scrolls, go do so. It's, they're fascinating. They're ancient. They're an ancient sect of Jewish people that, that had like their own library and stuff like that. Qumran, Q U M R A N, and uh, in in the Qumran sect, they 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 actually become engrossed with demonology, and Lilith appears in the Song for the Sages, a, a hymn possibly used in exorcism, um, in the Qumran tablets uh, scrolls. Um, yeah. Yeah, some of those scrolls definitely are still being ciphered. As technology gets uh, better, we can actually read some because some of them are so destroyed that we can't actually open them. So we're having to be very careful. And some of you, so they're getting technology and using like 
lasers to like scan through them and pick out the ink particles and uh, it's kind of cool what they're doing with that uh, as they're uh, as they're working their way through those. So yeah, some of those are still being discovered. Uh, what all they say? Uh, it's got the most complete, uh, oldest translation of the Book of Isaiah, isn't it? Um, yeah. Uh, I read from the Song of Sages, and I, the sage, sound the mighty, the majesty of his beauty to terrify and confound all the spirits of destroying angels and the bastard spirit of the demons Lilith and those that strike suddenly to lead astray the spirit of understanding and to make desolate their hearts. Um, yeah. Uh, so... Um, yeah, so she, she becomes popular, and then she works her way into Jewish thought. Actually, we have in the Talmud, who knows what the Talmud is? Jewish commentary. It's very good. There's two different sets, the Babylonian Talmud and the Jerusalem Talmud, and they're Jewish commentaries. Um, they're like additions to the scriptures. Now, some people put a lot of weight in the Jewish Talmuds, and some people don't, even Jews. They, some of them are really into the Talmud, and some of them don't. But their, their teachings and, and rabbis have taught on them through years, and they've added to the Talmuds and, and whatnot. So you can actually read through the Talmuds. There's a, a tradition of reading through the Talmud, the Jewish Talmud, the Jerusalem Talmud, and like every year, some groups read through it every year. And there's, like, you read this passage this year and this, and it's quite a fact. I did it one year. It was kind of fun. Um, but most people take more like three years to read through it because it's quite a bit large. <laughs> but, um, but anyways, she works her way into the Talmud um, and, uh, and uh, it, it claims... Um, that people should not sleep alone at night, lest Lilith slay them. Um, and uh, in the Talmud, it also says, during the 130-year period between the death of Abel and the birth of Set, um, a distraught Adam separates himself from Eve during the time he becomes the father of a, quote, ghost and male demons and female or night demons, and those who try to uh, construct the Tower of Babel are, are turned into apes, spirits, de devils, and demons of the night, and the female night demon is Lilith. So there's this, uh, this, this ancient, this, this Talmudic tradition that has come up uh, with Lilith in it. Um, in the, it wasn't until the seventh century uh, BC, uh, I mean AD, sorry, AD, so like 700 years after Christ, um, Lilith became the embodiment of the dark feminine powers. Um, and you can see her in mystic teachings and witchcraft teachings and stuff like that. Um, if you're into that kind of stuff. Um, the alphabet of Ben Sirah was introduced to medieval jewelry, um, and the alphabet contained uh, 22 episodes corresponding to 22 letters of the Hebrew alphabet, but the fifth episode includes Lilith, who was this terrifying 
the population for general for generations to come and uh, and um, and she was said at that time it's in the seventh seventh century CE that she becomes Adam's first wife. So I told you I'd get there. Uh, <laughs> so 700 years after Christ, they start teaching that she's the first life. And it comes from this tradition where we go back to, let me go back to that passage. Um, he created the, in the image of God, he created the male and female. See, in the, it became a tradition that Lilith was, and, and Adam were one being with two different sides. And, um, and um, see, um, and they were, they were both created equal and both were created from the earth. And, um, and, and, and uh, they ended up being split when she wanted to be uh, more powerful than him and take dominion over him. According to the, the, she wanted her personal freedoms, and so she split from him. And then, uh, and, and so then God created Eve according to that tradition. Like I said, 17 years after Christ, so this is a long time. Syncretism has been working its way into things. And um, so, um, so yeah, so a very interesting story, the Lilith, and you still see her. I, I mean, I was watching a movie the other day, and Lilith was the demon inside the horror flick, and uh, um, so, um, yeah, so um, Lilith of the Zaor um, is where we really get that um, creating the plural of, the, the, of it, um, um, and so we, uh, Lilith will eventually fly away in disgust, according to that that one, the Zaor, and uh, and is the uh, if Eve is life, she is death, yeah, um, and they're the rivals for Adam's heart, and um. um so, uh, yeah, because uh, the female portion was sawed off of Abraham, Adam in that one. So, um, kind of an interesting story. And like I said, if you're doing any study on this passage, you're probably going to come up against, see, see something about Lilith. Uh, and she's very popular even today. Um, yeah, Absolutely. Seven, 
for God created man in his image, in the image of God, he created him, male and female, he created them. I don't get this really, but I'm curious as to, it, it really frightens me when I think about reading about wanting to Oh well, as I said, the the Bible story that we're talking about is is um, is is the, Lilith is not in the Bible, but it's something you will see if you're doing any actual studying, and it comes up in the literature. And if you read the Talmud, it's going to be in there. So I chose to talk about it and to mention it. Um, but in the Bible, we're, we're talking about that image of Lilith is not in there except for that one passage in Isaiah chapter 34 where the night hag or the screech owls will come out. Um, so, but in, in, in Genesis chapter 26 and 27, I mean, chapter 1 verses 26 and 27, we have the image that God is creating plural and many uh, that part of the image of God is both individual and male and female. Individual and. Uh, so it's part of the image of God is that, he's, that there's one and many. And it's part of where we get the Trinitarian stuff from is that it comes from that. Um, that God can be more than one. Well, that is an assumption. Um, we can, we will definitely talk about that when we get to Genesis chapter two, as we get into Adam and Eve stories. Uh, we'll look at how the Adam and Eve has been interpreted. There's a couple different ways people put that one into this one. Um, but yes, this uh, this uh, this creation story is kind of separate from that creation story. And, uh, and then uh, we'll have, we have to read, this one was put, and, you know, as it's finalized, this one was put here first. So we have to take that one first. And then, we'll, then we can talk about how that works its way in. And different people have done different things with it. Um, but, um, but, we, we definitely, um, but we definitely, right now we're looking at um, Adam being humankind. It becomes a personal name later one person. Right now it's all of humankind. And so there's male and female are all Adam. So, um, so there's, this creation story isn't getting into the individual level quite yet. This is humanity at this time. So, um, so let's, let's say Genesis chapter 2 is like zooming in to an individual level and this is all about the group. It was, it was interesting because I really never ever thought about the three, the Trinity, okay, but I never really thought about the paradox that, that you actually said, and it's actually a, a male also, but a female. A female is a, is a girl. She is a wife who's really a different person. Mm -hmm. She is a mother, which is really a different person. And I thought all of the aspects, of, and, a, and a, a man also, but the, all of the aspects of a woman, comparing that to the Trinity, wow, that's, it, it, <laughs> that was 
Actually, in the the Holy Spirit is often seen as a female uh, in the female uh, uh, um, version. The, the, there's Father, Son, and then the Holy Spirit is often seen in the female. Uh, we're using female languages. Um, not always. Not always. Sometimes male. Because we know God is genderless. We we know that that's yeah. Yeah, Sophia is always female. Um, um, yeah, so um, yeah, uh, so we have we have these images that, uh, um, but yeah, so for us being male and female is definitely a part of being the image of God, um, which makes you wonder. And here's another thing we talk about: Lilith, Inia, and Ishtar, which I know some of you guys are not into ancient Mesopotamian religion. Um, <laughs> um, but as we study. Their religion, the, the worship of these ladies, uh, the gender confusion is part of their worship. So you could say that as we as our society is going back to the gender confusion era where men becoming females and females becoming males and with the transgender movement and the, we are going back to the worship of Ishtar, Inya, and Lilith. Uh, a lot of people do. A lot of people think it's the same principalities uh, that Paul talks about. We're not at war with the uh, with national leaders, but the principalities, uh, which is another very interesting study. Uh, but we can see a lot of the same traditions that are part of the worship of, of these ladies in, in today's society. So we're seeing that the return of, this, of this, these deities um, so, um, and you, as you believe that, look at the, even our childhood, I'm seeing it now, and I didn't recognize it then. A lot of the children's programs and a lot of the movies and stuff kind of allude to those ancient traditions, they always kind of have. Um, once you start paying attention to the ancient gods, the ancient deities, the ancient Elohim, we call them Elohim in the Bible, they're called Elohim, which could mean. Angels, demons, the spirit, anything in the spirit realm, right? Um, once you start paying attention to the ancient Elohim, you start seeing them in lots of places. Our movies, our music, our, uh, our, our, our TV shows, our radio programs. We start seeing them all over the place. I mean, it, shoot, the comic books... Uh, Superman is straight up, uh, you know, Horus, you know, uh, you know, uh, uh, the Flash is like Mercury, the, 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 you know, the Greek god of the, of the messenger, you know, it's, um, it's, it's, it's very much this, uh, these, these, uh, you know, so we're, um, we see these things pop up all over the place once you start these principalities where, and so that's one of the things I say, you know, guard yourself, you know. Of course, you're not going to be able to separate, but we're not of this world. We're going to be in it, so you can't separate yourself. You know, uh, most of us are not called to be monks or, or you know, live up in a you know a cave somewhere. Though that is something people have done. Uh, that is sometimes tempting, I must admit. Uh, but um, we can't. But we have to be careful. We have to be aware that that these things are uh, are everywhere. A generational curse 
I would say yes, because we we look at. Um, I mean the the the. The sins of our fathers get passed on. I mean, think about where we're at with our generation. I mean, this this confusion, sexual confusion, that did not happen overnight. It happened when, you know, it started happening generation after generation, when fathers started disappearing, when wars started happening, when we started putting junk in the food to raise estrogen levels. Um, it started happening when we... Um, you know, we started, uh, you know, um, you know, the more, less we ate like God intended us to, you know, with natural, you know, God-given foods, the more we start seeing, you know, testosterone levels drop and, um, you know, um, we start seeing uh, uh, generational, like, no fathers being taught. So we see these, these things and we see like a turning away from from Yahweh, you know, at one time, I guess it was early 2000s, uh, 70, I think it was 76, 77, somewhere in that area, uh, of the United States claimed to be Christian. That does not mean that they were all were Christian, they all went to church or anything like that, but they all claimed Christianity. Now it's down to 66% as of two years ago. Uh, it might be even lower now. I haven't seen any latest poll, the latest polls um, that are going out. Um, so, um, so we're seeing this, and I don't think it's necessarily a dropping. I think it's people are just stopped claiming it, um, and so um, we're we're seeing that because um, you know back when seventy seven percent of people claimed to be Christian, how many you know the how many of them were Christians? And I think we're seeing a drop in that because people are just saying, well, I'm, I'm going to stop claiming it when I never was. Or, Well, there's definitely people on the fence. But I think just some people just never were and they just went to church. I knew a guy who went to church because it was good for business. He got more business in the church than anywhere else. So he went to church. He was faithful, sung in the choir. <laughs> but he didn't believe a lick of it. Um, but it was, but he was, uh, but it was good for business. Well, Well, we could say like, well, I mean, well, you could say the word God, but that's a really, that's like saying I believe in the Elohim. Uh, there's, there's, there's specific, to be, you have to believe in Jesus Christ. That's the number one thing. Believe in Jesus Christ as the Lord, Savior, fully God, fully human. And there's a lot of people that don't. Um, 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 you know, like... Uh, um, Uh, what which uh, Mormons believe that uh, that Jesus and Michael are the same uh, same being, um, and, and so they don't believe they believe Jesus was a God. I 
are you a believer in Christ who saved you? That's what I say. Are you a believer in Christ That's a good way to look at it. I use that a lot now because look, 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 look what you said about Christ and using his name by, uh, uh, for selfishness. Yeah, and that's definitely what this guy was doing. Like I said, he didn't believe in it at all. He was, actually, once you start talking to him, you realize he was actually quite the atheist. But um, he liked going to church. (laughs) Yeah, it's a way. It's it's the way of of Christ. I like that from the natives, uh, well, the the Zuni Navajo I grew up around anyways. I can't say all Native Americans. I mean... That's kind of a pet peeve of mine when we say Native Americans, like the Chicksaw is the same as the Zunis. They got very different traditions. Uh, there's a lot of tribes. <laughs> um, but the way I grew up among the Navajos is the, the Navajos, uh, the Diné, the people that, you know, Diné just means the people. And so they, they, they call themselves the people. Diné. Um, and they, uh, the Diné, uh, believe that everything is the way like there's the the rain the the medicine way the healing way the and so those who follow christ follow the jesus way and it's a cross it's a a path that they follow and there's rituals and steps that go along with that and so i I think i you know that's influenced a lot of the way i look at christ you know um it's got to be a path that we follow All right, so um, no, no, it ain't going to (laughs) happen. I got way too much to say to get through this in 10 minutes. I'm just going to be honest with you. The image, when you think of image of God, what do you think of? What's the first, what, 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 what? Okay, light. I just, there we go. If we say we're the image of God, what does that mean? The soul. That's a very good way to look at it. I read one book that talked about community because we were made in the image of God as he is commune. We are in community. And that's, that's, that's a very, you know, these are the kind of things that I grew up reading about and hearing about and I still, I think they're valid. I'm not, not going to say that. But what I am going to show you, and it's going to be have to be next time we talk about, I'm going to show you a different way of looking at this that I think is also, I'm not saying that these things are not valid, because I think they are. But what I'm saying is I'm going to show you something different that, they're, that they would have also be looked at when they said image of God, when their first instinct would not be all that. Though, like I said, I, I, uh, one of my favorite ways was community. Like I read one that was artistic because God is creator. I read one that is imagination, you know, because we have imagination and conscious. All these things that we can talk about what God has that we are in his image. 
You know, love, being able to love, free will, because God has given us that ability because he wants us to love. Um, you know, all these different things. Community, was, that, that book was my, one of my favorites. We're in community because we're, he's commune. And uh, like I said, that was one of my favorite books. But, um, but I'm going to show you a different way that I didn't see until I started studying the ancient religions and the ancient people. And so that's what I'm going to focus on. So I'm not going to focus in on those things because those are beautiful, wonderful ways, but I'm going to go a different path with it um, because this is what I want you to see that I think they would have seen first. Um, And we will do that not next week because next week we're not going to be here. I'm not going to have next uh, next week. It's it's the day after Christmas. Um. Some of you, that's not a big deal. For others of us, traveling traveling and kids and all that other thing, it's a big deal. So we won't meet next week. Um, I don't know. Are you guys going to do the prayer night still next week? Or David's going to be here to do the prayer night. So if you want to show up to pray, uh, discuss with David, fellowship, all that stuff, David will be here, but we're not going to have teaching next week. Uh, we do have martial arts, yes. Um, that's tomorrow night and next week as well. Uh, Tuesday morning, yes, that's still going to be on. Um, I just know uh, that with my children, I'm not going to be able to prepare and give you what you need. And I'm not going to do justice. We're just not going to have it. <laughs> um, it's not about the one hour of teaching. It's all the hours I put into prep that uh, I'm not going to be able to do the day after Christmas. <laughs> uh, so um, so we're, I'm going to say we're not going to have it. So the week after that, so the second, uh, I'm going to, we're going to come back and we're going to talk about the image of God. And then, like I said, all those ways, souls, all those things are very valid, but we're going to talk about a, a, more of an ancient way they would have looked at it first. Um, so, yeah so, yeah, so you can rewatch this, this one online. I'm going to upload tonight. I'm going to stay late and upload this one tonight. So it'll be on there tonight. So you can go ahead and watch it next week. No, we're going to talk about what, when they say the word image, what they would have immediately thought of because, that we miss because we don't live in the ancient world. Yeah. Um, uh, so, um, yeah. Um, we will. We'll talk about the different ways the Genesis chapter 2 has been interpreted with Genesis chapter 1. Because um, there's like five or six different ways people have interpreted that passage as they've... We'll look at at least three of them. Just like I did with Genesis chapter 1 as a whole with evolution. We talked about the different... You know, I, what I, I talked about what, four different ways. I think it was four different ways that we, people have interpreted that. Um, and so I looked, you know, we looked at that. So we're going to talk about different ways people have interpreted that. Um, um, because when you do study, you're going to see different people with different opinions. That's just, you know, that's just, that's just reality. And so we're going to, we are going to see that. So, um, yeah, and we, you're right, we can't know. Here's a, a sneak peek at next week. Um, 
It is Egyptian. That is Egyptian. Um, that is Ahimhotep the Third with Sobek. <laughs> <laughs>